Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Thank you for being here. Um, Today we're starting a new series called A True Hero, A True Hero. Our key verse that we're going to be speaking on throughout the fullness of this series is Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. It says this, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that has been marked out for us. And so I want you to think about this for a second, like all of the people that have lived before you and all of the, you know, all of the people that are in the hall of faith and, and people that are, that are, you know, that like they are watching you. They are, they are sitting in the stands, if you will, and, and they are watching how it is that you live. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, come on, the angels and, and, and God himself, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. Anybody ever deal with sin that you've just been entangled by? So get rid of it is what the Bible is saying. And let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. You know, when I read this passage of scripture, I played a lot of sports in high school. I never went on, you know, to play anything in college or anything that. I joined the Marine Corps right after right after high school, but but I, I've always been in athletics. Anybody ever play a sport in your in your life? Basketball, baseball, football, track, right? Volleyball, soccer, wrestling. We didn't have wrestling. I think I would have enjoyed wrestling, but I was in a small school and we didn't, we didn't have that. But I can tell you a lot about football. Like I can remember being in, the, in, in a football game and maybe you're even down, you know, a touchdown or two. And, and all of the sudden you hear the fans begin to scream and shout and, and they're chanting. And, and I'm telling you what, it makes a big difference, Right? makes a big difference, like it can shift momentum. What's crazy is, is you cannot hear the individual voices. You can't hear what what your mom is saying. Well, my mom, you could probably hear what she was saying because she was always the loudest, always, it was, it was, kind of embarrassed me at the moment but now that I look back and I'm like, yeah, you go mom, you were, you were sticking up for your boys, you know. But most of the time, all you do is you hear the noise. You don't hear what is specifically being said. And I'm just saying this, that we're going to take a look at this series, A True Hero, and we're going to bring, come on, some of these that have lived before us, we're going to bring them from the stands down to the field, and we're going to hear what it is that they would speak to us individually as if they were speaking from the past to the present. Like today, we're going to be looking at the life of Samson. And I'm just telling you this, that Samson has a message that he wants to speak to each and every one of us here today. And what is that message? 
What is it that he wants to speak from the past to the present that will be an encouragement and a blessing for us today? And so we're going to hear voices from the stands and, um, and individually what people would, would encourage us in. So Samson was one of the judges, right? His name is written in the Hall of Faith, which is a little bit wild and crazy when you think about it because he got it wrong a lot. Can anybody relate? You're just like, wow, I've got it wrong a lot. Like that's what I love so much about people like Samson and David is these are, these are men that really, really blew it. And I'm like, I've blown it. Like I haven't just messed up like maybe some of you guys. Like I have blown it. And here Samson's name is written in the hall of faith and, and he messed up a lot and he was disobedient and he was deceitful and he hung around with the wrong crowd. Anybody here ever hung around with the wrong crowd? He hung around, Michael, you and me, brother, right? Guys like us. Yeah. <laughs> Delilah was, was part of that wrong crowd and and he shared the secret to his anointing, the strength that God had given him. And because of that, he was captured by the Philistines. And, and he, he ends up with his eyes gouged out. That used to be pretty common practice back in the day. I'm glad we don't do that anymore, right? Just taking hot iron and, and just sticking it in your eye holes, you know, that would be terrible. But how did this guy, of all people, how did this guy end up in the, in the hall of faith? So Samson, you know, to the field, he would share some things with us. And I believe one of the things that Samson would say to you, Norm, he would say this, I was blind well before I was blind. Like how many of you know that you can be blind and still have your eyesight? Like you don't have to, you know, like you can see, you can have 20-20 vision, but still be blind whenever it comes to the things of God. And I believe that one of the things that Samson would say is like, listen, far before, you know, I had my eyes gouged out, I couldn't see. I couldn't see things spiritually. And this is why it's so important, and I just want to talk to you for a second, why it's so important for you to be a part of the church, part of the church body. This is why, you know what I mean, I appreciate the fact that we've got online church. But I'm telling you, there's something that is special about being in the house of the Lord. There's something that is special about coming alongside a brother and a sister whenever they're, whenever they're being baptized into the waters of baptism and being in the house, come on, just to support them. There's something about it because thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And guess what? The strongest word that you might receive on any given Sunday, it might not be from the platform. It might be from somebody that, that is cornered up with you and said, hey, listen, you know what I'm saying? And there's a conversation and, and then all of a sudden the word of the Lord comes and you're able to share a scripture that re, redirects and, 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 and sends you know, people in a, in, a, in a new direction. Their life is changed and transformed because of the fellowship in the house. And you might not get that. You might not get that if you're getting comfortable just watching church from the comfort of your couch in your pajamas with your morning coffee. Like it is important, online church, for you to get into the house of the Lord. 
Don't forsake the assembling, the coming together of the saints, right? We need one another. And a lot of times more ministry happens out there than happens up here, right? We need one another. God has called you for such a time as this. And so, so like, listen, we can be blind to a lot of things. And one of the things that I'm thinking about with Samson is we can be blind to the purpose of God for our life. There's a lot of conversations that I'll have and people are like, man, I really don't know what God's purpose is for my life. Like, I know he created me and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a purposeful God, but, but I just can't identify what it is that God wants to do with my life. And so oftentimes, you know, because we don't have the kind of tenacity that we ought to have sometimes, we just give up. And whenever we don't know what God's purpose is for our life, it often ends up to us not putting forth the effort, come on, to move in God's purpose, to pursue God's purpose. And so what we do is we live a life, however long or however short that is, and it's an unfulfilled life. You know, I've got a healthy fear in my life, and that healthy fear is getting to the end of my life, and I'm standing before the Lord, and the Lord says something like this, you did all right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you did all right. It was, you know, you're saved, but, and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you did this, but man, I had so much more in store for you. Because of your unbelief, your willingness, come on, to have faith that I could do greater things in your life, you continued, come on, to remove yourself and take yourself out you know, when, 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 when I was with you the whole time and it wasn't you that was going to elevate yourself, it was me that was going to elevate you further, just like I helped you to get to where you, Mimi, were. Right? That's a healthy fear that I have. And I hope you have the same healthy fears as you're thinking about that. And so Samson here, he had a strong call on his life, a very, a very specific call on his life, Right? Samson's call was so, was so on point, but yet he tossed it to the side. And I just believe that it's possible that some of y'all have that strong call on your life, like God has spoken to you in times past, I want to do this with you. And you've just kind of tossed it, you've shed it off to the side. That's what Samson has done. In Judges chapter 13 and verse 5, it says this, talking about, well, this is, talking, you know, of Samson's mom, but talking about Samson, you will become pregnant and you're going to have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor. Come on, I think God's calling the mullet back, right? Anybody ever have a mullet? I had a sweet mullet growing up. Kind of embarrassed to say, but back when I was in school, at least in Umatilla, Oregon, it might not have caught on around the rest of the nation but we used to perm our mullets, right? We used to perm them. Any men ever have a perm in your life, or was it just me? I got a couple of us. Yeah, that's right. We got, we got a permed mullet. You know, you wouldn't touch the top. You just, yeah, bring that mullet back. So you will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated, this is the call of God on his life, dedicated from the womb. Like, listen, God had a plan for his life from the womb. 
He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Come on, his purpose was not, I believe, I, I, you know, we could argue about it, but I don't believe his purpose was to have his eyes ever gouged out. But I believe that because of his ability to, you know what I mean, or his unbelief, come on, it led to this. His purpose was to defeat the Philistines, which we see that he was able to do. Not to get too far ahead, but, but there was many things in his life and about his life that he did not follow. See, I believe that Samson never saw, come on, his purpose clearly. And I believe that some of us here today, that's the very thing that you are wrestling with. You're like, yeah, man, I know that God has saved me and he's called me and, and certainly he's using me and there's some cool things. But you do not see the purpose of God on your life clearly. And that's my fear for you as well. I want you to know that your life matters and there's things that, that are going to be accomplished in and through your life that will not be accomplished through another. Why? Because your, your purpose is specific and it's on point and it's intended, come on, for you to walk out. Proverbs 29 and verse 18 says this, where there is no revelation, where there is no dream, where there is no vision, come on, the Bible says that people cast off restraint. When you have no purpose, this is how we live. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. How many of you know that the word for the year is the word intentional? Intentional living, right? That's getting up every day saying, God, here we are, you and me. What are we going to do? And being led by the Spirit of God, amen? And being used by the Spirit of God. And your life will be changed and transformed. And not only will your life be changed and transformed, but the lives of those people that you're sharing it with will be changed and transformed. Number two is this. We can be blind to the importance of relationships. We can be blind to the importance of relationships. I want to encourage you, do not underestimate the power of the relationships in your life. Don't underestimate them. Like good relationships can be really, really good. Because of the people that you surround yourself with and you're in relationship, the truth is, 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 is maybe some of those relationships have brought you to the wonderful place in life that you are right now. It's not about what you know. It's about who you've known. It's about those moments where, where people have spoken into your life and, and you've had a course correction. It's about the wisdom that is shared one man to another, one woman to another, one couple to another. It's about the encouragement, right? The importance of a relationship. Really good relationships can be really good for you. Really bad relationships can be really bad for you. The truth is, if the first is true, then the second is true too. Like you may be in the position in life that you're in right now because of the poor relationships that you have in your life right now. Where everybody else... Everybody that's close to you, they see the destruction of the relationship. They share how it's not good for you to be in that relationship, but you continue to say, to heck with them all, this relationship is, is valuable and important for me. And it continues to rob from you. It continues to rob from you. So relationships can be really good or they can be really bad. Judges chapter 14 and verse 2 
It says this, when he returned, he said to his father, this is Samson, he said to his father and mother, he said, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, isn't there an acceptable woman? And so the mom and dad, they see, listen, Samson, this is not even an acceptable woman for you. She, she is not good for you, right? If you get linked up with this girl, you're going to be unequally yoked. She doesn't believe like you believe. She doesn't serve the same God that you serve, right? She serves false gods. She's not good for you, right? Let me just say it like this, and I know this is an unpopular opinion, and we certainly do not believe in arranged marriages, thank the Lord. Unless you really have a good relationship with your mom and dad, you know, you got a little, you know, they might choose somebody that you're like, really? But I'm telling you, like, young people, whenever it comes to choosing a spouse, at least find out what your parents might see, what they might think about, come on, that, that, that person. The truth is, is mom and dad in this situation saw that this was going to be a bad decision, a terrible decision. So he said, isn't there, mom and dad said, listen, or mom said, isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives? That's a whole other story. But anyway, for among all of our people, right? <laughs> don't read too much into that. We don't, all right. Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife is the question. But Samson said to his father, get her for me. She's the right one for me. And guess what? He spent a lifetime being defined by his poor relationships. Spent a lifetime being defined by that. God's ways are always right. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33 says this. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. This is so interesting to me. It says that I am 9,892 minutes over on my message. I think this is the longest that I have ever preached in my entire life. <laughs> I'm just like looking at that. Wow, I'm just killing it today. I, could, I got all kinds of energy. No, I'm just joking. All right. Number three is this. We can be blind to the nature of God. Samson had an anointing of strength and power on his life. The favor of God was on his life. And Delilah, a woman that he should have not been messing around with at all, wanted to know the source of his strength. And so to fast forward a little bit, I want you to know that Samson was a liar. He was deceitful. Come on, he was always playing games. He lied to a lot of different people. But this is the incredible thing, is God's spirit was still on Samson's life. Every time he would get up and he would go out, the anointing of God was on his life. The strength of God was with him. And I want you to know this, that we serve a good God. We serve a great God. We serve a God that, listen, if you messed up yesterday... Thank the Lord that his mercies are new this morning. Amen? And, and Samson, 
from the stands is telling us, listen, man, I blew it so much, but I'm so grateful that God was with me. Over and over and over, he failed, but he would go out and the Spirit of God was with him. Judges chapter 16 and verse 19, this should be the sobering part of the message, right? It says, after putting him to sleep on, on her lap, talking about Delilah, she called for somebody to come in because he said that the strength was in his hair, that a razor had never touched his head. She called for someone to come in and shave off the seven braids of, of his hair. And so he began, and so began to subdue him. And his strength left him. Then she called Samson, the Philippines are, or the Philippines, the Philistines. The Philippines are coming. The Philippines, no, the Philistines. <laughs> Back to the boat. The Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. You see, this was, this was crazy, right? Time and time again, he was messing around with, with the anointing of God. Messing around, not really knowing, you know what I mean, how... how how beautiful the relationship with God and, and how much care he should have given to that time and time again. But this time was different. The Bible says he did not know that the Lord had left him. Like this is a sobering experience. I am a knucklehead of all knuckleheads and I am just so grateful that the Spirit of God has not left me. And guess what? I don't want to experience what it is that Samson has experienced. And so listen, let me just be real for you for a second. If you've got sin in your life that is, that is not taken care of and dealt with, get rid of it now, right now. Get rid of it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Thank God his mercies are new every day. But I do believe that there can be a time where God just removes his presence from your life. And Samson experienced this. He did not know that the Lord had, had left him. Then the Philistines, they seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles. I think that's interesting. There's a whole message probably in that. But bronze is made out of, it's copper. Copper's not really strong. And so here you've got this strong man that's being bound by something not very strong, right? They set him to the grinding, to grinding grain in prison. Why? Because he didn't respect the goodness of God, the nature of God. He was shackled, bound, and his eyes were gouged out. Listen, I want to encourage you to pay attention to the whole counsel of God. God needs to be honored. He needs to be respected. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is the beginning of all wisdom. Right? We should have a healthy fear of God. Come on. We must respect him. It's crazy how it takes a whole lifetime. You know, a person can live their full life, you know, to build God's presence and influence in that life. And in a moment's time, all of that can be lost. One bad decision. You see, I don't think that God treats it like that. But Joe, let's just say you don't end well. Let's just say you, you know what I mean? You're serving God and you're serving people. You're serving God, you're serving people with the joy of the Lord, which is exactly how you serve God and serve people. But let's just say you really fumbled the ball 
at the end of your life. Come on, that's how, that's how all of that influence wants to... God's saying, listen, I don't care. I mean, he cares, but he could still use it. But people, come on, the legacy that you leave, that's what people remember, right? And I'm just saying, finish well, right? Romans chapter 6 and verse 1, it says this. What shall we say then? Are we to continue... Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Wow, listen to that. Should we continue to sin just because of God's grace, John? No. But you know what's powerful? When I was putting this together, I literally paused and I was like, I've heard this a thousand times before. But the scripture just jumped out at me and it just spoke to me so powerfully. It says, How can we who died to sin still live in it? The only way that you're living is sin in sin is because you're choosing to live there. And you have experienced and tasted come on the goodness of God, right? So Samson, his words of encouragement to us, and I'm going to close with this. Somebody say, praise God. There is God. You know what I mean? Pastor's got to save his legs. He's got a whole other service to preach. And so this is going to be a quick, powerful message today. But words that Samson would would speak to us today is to cultivate. Come on, cultivate the presence of God. Let me ask you a question. What is God attracted to? Let me give you the answer. God is attracted to obedience. It's the same thing that you as a parent love whenever your kids Make the right decisions when they're obedient, right? When they do what they're supposed to do. When they do what they've been asked to do. Why? Because it's good for them. God loves it when you read your Bible. God loves it when you pray. God loves it whenever you enter into the waters of baptism. Let me just be honest with you real quick. What always kind of blows me away are people that come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. They repent of their sins. They ask God to come into their life and and whatnot, and then they don't get baptized. God loves it when you get baptized. God loves it when you're obedient to that call that is on your life. And if you haven't been baptized, get baptized. God loves it when you serve. God loves it when you give, when you trust him with the tithe. God loves that. I never understood people that struggled with that. I'm just, I'm grateful that my wife and I, we just, we've, we've never struggled with that. We trusted God in the areas of our finances. I've struggled with other things. Number two is this. Samson would say, choose your relationships carefully. If Samson was here this morning, he would say, choose your relationships carefully. Once again, because good ones can be really good for you and bad ones can be really bad for you. Choose them carefully. It's very important. Nurture the important ones. Somebody say nurture. Restore the broken ones. Somebody say restore. Like some of you have some meaningful, powerful relationships, God relationships, that because of your pride and your stubbornness, you're not willing to restore those relationships. And I'm just saying that you need to restore the broken relationships that you're supposed to restore in your life. Another one is remove the harmful ones. Everybody's told you that this person is not good for you. 
whether it be a friend or whether it be friends or whether it be, a, you know, somebody that you're attracted to. But the truth is, is if it's harmful to you, you need to remove that relationship because it's not going to get any better. It's going to continue to rob from you. And then you need to focus on starting new meaningful relationships. Let's not be the church that settles with, oh, let's just keep our circles real small, right? Listen, your light is supposed to shine as if it's on a hill for the whole world to see. You know, the way that they're going to see it is if you're close, if you're approachable enough, come on, to be approached. If you can live life closely enough with, with, with people, there are people that you don't even know yet that because they came in contact with you and started a new relationship with you, their life is going to, they're going to give their heart to Jesus. And guess what? There are people that you haven't even met yet that are going to be influencers in your life for the good, right? And so listen, let's be open and aware and start meaningful ones. Proverbs 13, 20 says, he who walks with the wise grows wise. Amazing. But a companion of fools suffers harm. As you see the judgment day coming, the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The day of Christ's return is approaching. So now is not the time to shut yourself off from your neighbor. Now is not the time to shut yourself off from your church. Now is not the time to say, listen, I'm just going to keep my circle really, really small and safe and comfortable. Come on, that's crazy and ridiculous and certainly not godly, right? Use your life to matter and count. Well, I'm going to get hurt. Yes, you are. But guess what? God's going to be there in the midst of your hurt and your pain. We're launching into small groups in September, and I encourage you right now, lead a group. We need more Bible studies. We need some more group leaders. We need people to say, listen, I'm going to open up my home. And if that's you, I want you to see Pastor Matt and, and get on the list. And maybe you might not even know what group you're supposed to lead. But maybe we can help you figure that out. Amen. But we've got to get to a place where we're not so busy that we're, and we're not so spent that we can't share life together. Right? And grow together in the Lord. Number three, Samson would tell you, and this is the big one that I guarantee you, he knows just as much as, as some of us know that failure is never final. Failure is never final. You may feel like a failure this morning, and Samson would say, you ain't got nothing on me, baby. Failure is never final. Come on, keep going, keep moving. It's strange that he's in the hall of faith. But listen to this, most of the people on the list in the hall of faith, they're not known for their success in life. You know what they're known for? How they finished. They're known for how they finished. Finish well. Finish strong. Don't let up. The Lord is coming back. And even if he doesn't come back in your life, your life is but a vapor. It's here one day and it's gone the next. My goodness. 
Pick up your head. How many people have we lost? A lot of loss. And you know what? If we really believe, come on, that people that are in Christ will be raised again with him. Yeah, we're sad, right? But guess what? You're going to see him again. Death shouldn't be so devastating if people are in Christ, right? And our approach toward death shouldn't be like, oh my God, we don't have any hope. Yes, I understand the grief, and yes, I understand the, the sadness, but my goodness, if somebody is in Christ, man, they're raised up. If they were given the opportunity, I know this because the Lord spoke this to me about my stepdad. If he was given the chance to come back, he would say, I'm good. I'll see him soon enough. Right? But the idea is to be in Christ. It can be very devastating. It's like, man, I don't even know if so-and-so knew the Lord. Well, listen, let's make the decision that that's not going to be the case anymore because you're going to be willing, come on, to share the Lord with them. Amen? And share the Lord well. Failure is never final. Judges chapter 16, verse 28. Here Samson is. He's bound by the Philistine. His eyes have been gouged out. He's got no power of God. And this is what Samson prayed to the Lord. He said, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more. And I want you to know this morning that we serve a once more God. We serve a God that will do it again. When it doesn't seem like he can use you, he can. He'll be there for you. And at that moment, the strength came back. He grabbed two pillars. He pulled down the temple. He destroyed. The Bible said he destroyed more of the enemy in this one moment than he had destroyed in his whole life. Destroyed his own life at the same time, too. So here, Samson, he was a champion. From birth, he had a call on his life. And because he mishandled the anointing of God and the things of God, he became a chump. So he went from champion to chump, but he ended his life as a champion again. And I'm just saying this, that we all have regrets. There's not one person in here, and if they are, they're a liar. There's not one person in here that doesn't have regrets. There's not one person in here that could have done more in a certain situation. And I'm just saying that, listen, God's not finished with you yet. He can redeem the day. Amen. And that's what Samson would be telling us today. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Failure is only final when you refuse to get back up. Failure is only final when you refuse to get back up. Last scripture I want to share with you. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15 says this. Here is a trustworthy saying. Anytime you... You hear that, you should like, okay, I can trust this. I should pay attention. And it also deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of who I am the worst. I think it's interesting. Timothy was an understudy of the Apostle Paul. Paul said the same thing. It's interesting how things transfer, right? Here, Timothy is saying, listen, I'm the worst of the worst when it comes to sinners. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example 
for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. My last question is this. If you were to die today, do you know that you would go to heaven and spend all time and eternity with Jesus? The only way that that is going to happen is if you know who Jesus is. Not know about him, but if you know who he is and he knows you and you are under, your life is under the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, that's a weird saying, under the blood of Jesus Christ. What is that? What does that even mean? You know what that means? That means when Jesus went to the cross, he shed his own blood, his perfect blood, his sinless blood, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And so the way that your life is covered by the blood is simply by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. It means this, God, I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. Would you please forgive me of my sins? Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. God, my life is not my own. It now belongs to you. My life, because I've prayed that prayer and I mean it, as, as much of a knucklehead as I have been, as many failures as I have had, my name is written in that Lamb's book of life. And I will live in eternity with him. There's no question about it. There's no question about it because my, I am sincere and I love Jesus and I know for a fact he loves me. In, in light of all of my sin, every poor mistake that I've ever made, I'm saved and I'm going to be raised again with him. Amen? I know that. But the question is, is do you know that? And if you don't know that, I want to give you the opportunity to know that by praying that prayer with me right now this morning. Is there anybody that you're just like, listen, I need to make that. I need to I need to believe in my heart and confess it with my mouth and I'm going to do it right now. I want you just to lift a hand in the air boldly, not like boldly. That's me, pastor. That's me. I need to. Is there anybody here this morning that needs to do that? Awesome. Right here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Put your hands together. Right here. Right here as well. Awesome. Over here. Put your hand up real quick. Excellent. Everybody, please stand to your feet online. If you're making that prayer this morning, this is what we're going to do. We're going to close with this prayer. Make this prayer your own prayer, right? This is between you and God. This is between you and him. And I'm telling you, if you sincerely mean this and there's a dedication of your life, then your name right now is being written in that Lamb's book of life. Amen? I'm so grateful for that. It's all about His goodness and not yours. Amen? Lord Jesus, we thank you. You repeat. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for dying on that cross for me. Travis Turner. Travis John Turner. 518 I'm not going to give the rest of it. Me, Lord, you know who I am. Thank you for dying on that cross for me. I receive the gift of life. I receive forgiveness of sins. I receive the precious blood of Jesus, which doesn't just heal, but it saves. And because of that blood, I'm saved today. Not only do I just believe in you, but I confess you, Lord, as my Lord and my Savior. I'm not doing this just because I want to be saved. I'm doing this because I want to please you. I want to walk with you. I want to get to know you even more. 
I want to please you with my life. I want you to look at me and say, man, I'm pleased in you, Travis. Put a smile on my face. I want to give glory to your name. Help me to glorify the name of God. Save me, Lord. Use me, Lord. My life belongs to you, Lord. Forgive me of every sin that I've committed. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Anoint me, Lord. And don't allow me to take the anointing that you have given me for granted. Every person that is called by you has an anointing from you. Let us not be foolish with that anointing. But Lord, let us, let us use it to serve people and to serve you and glorify you. I love you, Jesus. And I thank you for saving me today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody in the house said, Amen. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.